Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Like, just start with something and start getting success. Start to see the results. And then it's going to compound. It's compound interest, but it's not compound interest on pennies in the bank, right. compound interest right. on the only asset and your most valuable asset you can ever own, your mind. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I am super pumped to share our friend today, our guest on this podcast, because I think now more than ever, the book that he has released this week and the message behind it is super critical. And if I can be just super honest, um, we recorded this a long time ago and uh, the file was corrupt. So it is the week of his book launch. We're doing it again. Um, and and I'm I'm actually quasi grateful, even though I'm making Andrew, uh, you know, have another 30 minutes of his time gone um, because the world has shifted yet again, even since we have spoken before. So I've, I've got some new questions and I think there's some new fears out in the world. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about him. Andrew McConnell is the founder and CEO of Rented Inc. and the author of the book, Get Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity with Stoic Wisdom. Andrew is a serial entrepreneur and frequent contributor to Forbes. A former member of the U.S. national team in open water swimming, Andrew received his A.B. in history from Harvard University, his JD from Harvard Law School, and his LLM from the University of Cambridge Trinity Hall. I don't have a voice for that one. Andrew, all of you and your rock starness, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amber. It is a uh, you said losing thirty more minutes. Now, it, if I get to spend thirty minutes with you, it's it's definitely not losing. Aww. I always end up <laughs> enriched from our conversation, so I am happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm I'm super happy. Um, you know, I have a lot of authors on the podcast, but um, I'm somebody who is uh, somebody who studies uh, stoicism. Um, you know, one of my my books of the past couple of years is um, The Obstacle is the Way. We talked about that last time. Um, so I'm my I, it might be here now. I know I got an Amazon, but it got delayed and I was like, dang it. <laughs> so I can't wait to read it. Um, but there's so much going on in the world right now. But you wrote this as a response to some of your experiences. So can you first, before we kind of get into the book and everything, can you take us back to what was going on in your life and what inspired you? You're a vacation rental, like, you know, highly visible participant in the industry. And you, you have this company and then you wrote this book. That's not about short-term rentals or vacation rental management or revenue management or anything. What was going on? Yeah, so the, it's a very good point. It's not tied to the vacation rental industry at all, which I think was a, a big surprise for people. But it was in early 2020, uh, we got hit by this pandemic that was rolling across the world and starting to come to the US. 
And so as it got started and we were really locked out, right? You, you weren't able to see anyone. I went from texting with friends to actually picking up the phone and calling and guys aren't really typically good about calling yeah. and checking in. So I was, I was actually calling and speaking to friends from college. And one of those friends had been in real estate, is in real estate as an investor, uh, had built a big, big company buying up homes. And we started talking about the rental market for long-term rentals because the short-term rental market did not exist at that point. So that is not a business I would get into, but this long-term rental market, we're going to have a generation of perpetual renters Mm -hmm. because these people got wiped out with the financial crisis. They're getting wiped out right now. They're never going to be able to build the financial wealth to buy their own home. They're going to be stuck renting for the rest of their lives. So this is a really good place to invest. And that idea of a generation of perpetual renters really stuck with me. And I just kept kind of meditating on that. And then I looked up and around at how we were living our lives and how 10 to 20 times a day, I was checking the Johns Hopkins site on how many cases did we have by state, by country, uh, would look at what the president was tweeting at any given point in time, what somebody posted on social media or what happened at work or what might happen at work. And rather than just a generation of real estate renters, I was far more concerned about having an entire society of mind renters. <laughs> so we were all giving our mind away. The only thing we own or could ever own, right? Like we look at physical assets, even if you're a billionaire, as we've seen with Russian oligarchs, that can be taken away. Sure they can, can change the rules, that can take it away. Your physical health, with a virus that can be taken away. You can't own your body, but your mind is this thing that you can own. You don't have to build that over time. And yet we end up giving it away to people who don't even know they have it and renting the pieces back for ourselves. Mm. And I said, wow, that is, that is a way bigger problem. I wonder what, what's on, uh, what exists out there on this problem. And so used a pandemic to go really deep on the subject and study stoicism and, and speak to truly some exceptional people uh, and how they've put a lot of these practices into their own lives to, to great effect. Yeah. And just wanted to share that wisdom and those experiences with more and more people. Yeah. I think, you know, some people are born with a little more grit or resilience than, than other people just, or like, you know, early childhood experiences shape things as well. Um, everyone knows my story of, of being a teen mom. And in my 20s, very early 20s, I came across the book um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And it was about um, a, a man who's in concentration camp and he was starved and like all kinds of terrible things were happening around him and to him. And the whole book is about like, but what they couldn't take was my mind. And, and my attitude and what I thought. And I was like, if brother can <laughs> come out on the other side of a concentration camp and say, like, my life is good, I can deal. And, and that was such, I'm so glad that I read that so young because it, it did shift my mindset significantly. And I, I go back to it all the time. But to your point, our society now doesn't really promote that we promote doom and gloom we promote um you know pass the buck we promote i mean you go on instagram and everybody's getting their therapy on instagram now and it's not all accurate um or like scientifically proven (laughs) there's no philosophy behind it it's like somebody's opinion so um when when you're 
putting this out into the world, first of all, it's so critical. Right now, at the time of this recording, the Dow Jones has plummeted. Um, you know, things aren't looking good. We're, we're thinking, you know, we might be heading into a full-blown recession by the end of the year. Um, the real estate market, you know, Q1 next year, Q2 might not be so great. This is what people are saying and people right. are afraid. So how do you go from being a mind tenant and renting all of those thoughts that you're reading online and going to a mind owner? Yeah, so I, I think there's so much in, in what you just said. You just to, unpack to, it all. You go, you go. I'll sit here with my popcorn. <laughs> uh, you know, to start with, of the social media or, or whatever the medium is, right? Like, I, I don't want to just beat up on one of the most popular mediums right now, but how it's designed, it's not them saying, hey, we're going to promote doom and gloom. It's saying, hey, we're going to react to whatever gets clicks, whatever gets engagement, because that's how we sell ads is we need engagement. And this is what gets clicks. And it's how we're voting. We're voting with our likes. We're voting with our mind and our attention. And again, not to assert blame here, because this is a big part of what the book gets into is there's a scientific reason. That's what we do. That's how our mind works. Humans have been around for 200,000 years, 197,500 of those years, we were hunter gatherers living yeah. in the savannas. Our brain evolved for one very specific situation. The last 2,500 years, we've been living in civilizations. It's a very different situation. And each year, more data is created than all of human history before that year. Right. Right? It's growing exponentially, and our brains are not adapted to process it. So our natural inclination is to slip into all these bad effects. Like you talk about doom and gloom. Think about it. If you, our, our brain can take in 11 million bits of information per second, sure. right? That's, that's what senses, our, our sight, our sound, smell, everything coming in. Our conscious brain can process 50, five, zero bits of information <laughs> per second. So you're on the, you're in a savanna. It's a beautiful blue sky. There's giraffes, you know, grazing over there, the wind's blowing, but then there's a little rustling right here. What are we going to focus on? What 50 bits? Probably that rustling. Are we going to think it's a, a cute, cuddly animal? Or are we going to think that could be a lion that's going to eat me? Well, the people who thought the cute, cuddly animal aren't here. The, those right. things died, <laughs> right? It's the people who immediately went to the worst case. And even if they were wrong 99 times, that one time it saved their life. Right. And so there's a reason we focus on the most negative pieces. It's what kept us alive in those situations. We're not in those situations anymore, but our brain is adapted to focus out of everything else out there on only the terrible things. And so it, it's too much to ask us to say, oh yeah, I'm just gonna automatically go to this, to go to being this positive. It, it's, you have to put in, you, you talked about practicing stoicism. You're, you're not a stoic, you practice. Mm -hmm. You have to, and that's why this whole book's built around exercises and worksheets, because this isn't a thing of, oh, great, I get it. Now I'm good, right? Like I'm not, I'm not Buddha after I read this. It's, <laughs> oh, now here's the thing I need to do on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a quarterly basis to step back and check myself because I know my natural tendency as a human, not because I'm faulty, but because I'm a human being is to slip into this thing that I don't want to do and is not serving me. Let me move this to my conscious mind and decide how I want to spend my time and my mind. And so when you talk about renter versus uh, an owner, right? 
in, in studies, people spend 47% of their time with their mind on something other than what they're doing. So half of our lives, we are not where we are. Yeah. We've lost half our lives. Now, we're probably not going to get to 100% fully, fully present. But if you can get to a point where you say, okay, yeah, my subconscious mind, those 11 million bits, every now and then, it's going to ping me. And I'm going to get that terrible, oh my God, let me focus on this horrible thing. But I'm going to notice it. And then as an owner, decide, wait a minute, do I want to give my space right now to this thing or do I not? Right? If you're saying the, the markets are crashing, Dow Jones crashing. Okay. Do I want to give my mind to that? Well, maybe if I want to call my broker and sell out, or if I want to just say, no, I'm actually just going to hold. I'm, I'm, I'm not selling for the next two decades anyway, because I'm not going to retire. So I know the long-term hold strategy is fine. That's not a thing I'm going to proactively give my brain to. I'm moving on. Real estate market. Maybe I think about that differently. Let me go do something about it. I'm going to own my preparation for that. And there's a whole worksheet about that, but really trying to separate out, is this something I want to proactively put my conscious mind and time and energy around or not? And if not, deciding for myself as an owner, where do I want that proactive time in mind? I love that. And I love the word that you used, um, observer to be an observer, my therapist of many, many years. Um, she always uh, puts her hand up over her head and says, Amber, are you being an observer of your life? <laughs> like, can you just non-judgmentally come up here high level and look at what's happening and observe it and just be curious about it? And, and that, that sticks with me and everyone thinks I'm just like rainbows and sunshine all the time. And I never have any problems because I am inherently a positive person a lot of learned behaviors. It's not to your point, you know, you're designed to think somebody's dead in the ditch when they don't call. Um, but the other morning I woke up, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. I was dog sitting my grand dog, whoo puppy, um, <laughs> and sweetest dog ever in terrorizing stage right now. And I, I woke up and I knew, well, I'm anxious and I have clinical anxiety. I'm anxious right now because my body isn't getting what it needs to not be anxious. And, mm -hmm. and there are some crazy things happening in the world and my brain, it wasn't going to the economy or anything, but my brain was going to a place that was negative. And, and I had to stop myself. This is first thing in the morning. Like that would have set the tone. I had to yeah. stop myself and just say, what's a better thought than this? Like I'm observing that I'm, I am consciously doing this what's a better thought than this? And, and then I started thinking about that. And then mid midpoint of that, I'm like, okay, well, what's an even better thought of this? And then I just kept going until like gradually I was back to appreciation and gratitude and excitement for what was coming in the day. Even if I knew that there were some hurdles to jump over, um, you know, that, that process of being observant has been such a powerful part of my journey. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, a bad mamma jamma with nads of steel these days. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying, because I've been through some shiz and come out on the other right. side repeatedly. And that resilience is so important to even, you know, to flourish in this life. Well, I, I think somebody who wouldn't, who might not know you as well, right. They, they see the sunshine, like they think, Oh, it's easy for her. But mm -hmm. then if they follow you, like you're very good about sharing the process. Gertrude doesn't go away. That's right. It's just you notice when she's coming in and you decide, okay, do I want to have a conversation with Gertrude right now or not? No, Gertrude, this isn't your time. This is mine. I hear what you're saying. Maybe I'm going to allocate some time to, to get into that because maybe there's some things I need to resolve there, but that's that time's not right now. 
Yeah. I'm going to go to this other piece. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, you're not familiar with me or my work. Like we have our own language in the bombshell world. <laughs> and so Gertrude is um, what I've named my inner critic and everybody names their own. You can use Gertrude as well. And so um, one of the sayings that we have in our community is shut up Gertrude is to, it's to be like, okay. And you, you said this earlier, like, don't judge yourself. Just know that that's, that's like, that's how humans are. And, and so Gertrude's going to come, she's coming to the party every time you got to tell her she's not invited. So um, I love that. So we are spending a lot of time also um, when we talk about creating supportive environments and, and being around the right people. And if you, if you're on my personal social media, I share so much of this all the time, because I believe it all, all, all of the time about who you're around and who you're listening to and what you're exposing yourself to. Why do we give our headspace to other people who like don't even deserve to camp out there? Yeah, it, it's, it's one step to me more tragic than that because they don't even know they have it. Yeah. Right? They, they, they don't even, they didn't ask for it. They don't appreciate it. I mean, maybe they check how many likes they got or something. Right. But they don't know that they've just owned your mind for the yeah. last two hours or last two weeks. And so it, it's just doubly awful that you've given it to someone who doesn't appreciate it, doesn't value it. And because you didn't value it, you gave it to them for free. Right. Uh, and, and so why do we do it? And it's, it's these dopamine heads, right? Like it gets oh. back to how our brains evolved and, and what we react to. And it's how a lot of this stuff was designed. It's, you can't get mad about the news, say, well, they only focus on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, because that's what gets viewers or engagement and that's what sells ads and it, it ticks through. And again, you can't blame the people. You can't blame us for putting our time there because that's how our brain evolved. Now, where you can start to put blame and saying, wait, now I know that that's how my brain evolved. I can do something about it. Personal I, now responsibility. I have tools. Yeah. Not do that. I can, is, I can't stop my first reaction to do that, but I can then again, like you said, observe, say, wait, what am I in this situation? Is that, is that what I want? Is that who I want to be? No. Okay. Let me change what I'm going to do. Right. We might not be able to change our natural reaction, but we can change our proaction mm. if we're, we're willing to observe and then go own what we're going to do going forward. What about, what about, um, like people who do have depression, like that is a part of their reality or, you know, people who have anxiety or, you know, anything like that in the mental health world. Um, is there anything different that they can do? Or I should say we, cause I'm, a, I'm in that club, yeah. <laughs> um, as to just the average person who doesn't have any type of chemical imbalance or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not sure. you know, medically licensed to do any of this. So I can't gonna give advice on prescription and stuff like that. But I can say, look, I, I've been in very personally dark spaces before. And what you were just talking about, even about your morning, when you woke up and you started down a negative path, um, kind of two experience shares there. For me, if I am sleep deprived, then literally the colors of everything I see get muted mm. the, the whole day. Like it, everything takes a, a slightly darker tent, mm. not just in hue and light, but also in my perception of its goodness or badness, right? Like it, it just goes down and the level of sleep deprivation can take it down more. 
And it took a while for me to see this, but my response is, wait, again, my natural reactions start go negative. I have to observe that and then just say, wait a minute, is the world terrible or am I sleep deprived? <laughs> yeah. Let me not think on really big subjects right now. Like today is going to be a day where I just do stuff that I can just kind of more mindlessly crank through. Yeah. And, and don't think about big subjects at all. And, and don't make any big decisions. Like don't, I have to tell myself, do not make big decisions today. You are not in a good state, and, but it's, it may take until 1030 for me to get there. Cause my wife's like, why are you acting like this? And my daughter's like, why is daddy acting? And, and even though I hear that from 530 to 1030, it may take me five hours to be like, oh, you know what's happening right now. Yeah. I, I'm sleep deprived. And the, the other one was, and I, I got this from someone else. I can't even remember who to, to cite, but it was a couple that noticed that we're fighting all the time and they didn't always. And they started realizing it was because they would tackle important subjects after nine o'clock. Oh, geez. <laughs> and so they just said, wait a minute. We always fight when we do this at this time. I think we're just tired. Let's not do that anymore. Right. We can talk. Let's talk about it in the morning. Let's schedule time on the weekend. That's earlier in the day, but we do not tackle big things at after nine o'clock. It's a hard and fast rule. And <laughs> their relationship got a million times better. It's like, wow, that's really good. I'm not going to calendar because we used to do that. We're like, oh, because then we're done with work for the time and to lose to bed and all that. This is when we'll do it. And that's not a productive time. And that impacts everything. You might say, yeah. oh, I can't take day, you know, time out of my work day. I'm, I'm running a business or, you know, whatever. Um, but if you don't, and then you have that dark cloud over your most intimate relationship, that's going to impact your business and all right. aspects of your life. And I think yeah. that's what I love about your approach to everything. Andrew is you're not asking anybody to do some crazy heavy lift. You're not like, I need you to, you know, switch and suddenly you're enlightened. And, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm like a, a, a Buddha or a, a, a monk or something like that. You're just like, Hey, right. this one little tweak. Like this one little tiny mind shift just for today. I'm not even asking for it for tomorrow, but just for today. What if you did this instead and see what happens? Actionable. Try it on. Practice it. Yeah. Practice. And, and are, are you seeing differences? Uh, I mean, you, you brought up that you're a bad mama jama because you've been through it and you've gotten through it. Mm -hmm. Right. So you build up that confidence because of the success. Right. And so that's a little bit with these exercises. Like just start with something and start getting success, start to see the results. And then it's going to compound, it's compound interest, but it's not compound interest on pennies in the bank, right. it's compound interest right. on the only asset and your most valuable asset you can ever own, your mind. Right. That there's no better interest to gain. Yeah. And, you know, I just like, just got off um, my group coaching call for the Velvet Machete Leadership Society. And one of the things I shared at the end was because there's a lot of people when they come into a group coaching program, they're like at this uncomfortable place where they've been here and that's not where they want to be anymore. And they know they want something different, but they're not hyper clear on what that is. And there's friction in that when you're becoming and you're evolving. And every time you elevate, there's always some friction to work through in order to get to that space because you're dealing with so much change and internal perception and self-reflection, all that kind of stuff. So 
Um, and maybe some external dynamics too, because other people might not like that you're evolving. And so what I shared with them is, um, you know, there's power and contrast in all things, but especially, um, when you're talking about mindset and, and becoming as a human, because it's in that contrast of recognizing, I don't want this, mm-hmm. which means now I have to decide and take responsibility for what I do want. If you don't want this and you continue to stick with this, that's on you, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that concept of adult responsibility and owning, you know, can you expand on that? Because I think that's another place where you really shine. And uh, maybe, maybe this kind of emerging generation could use hearing a little tough love, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And this is this is something I heard the it, the actual phrasing of it after I wrote the book after I went to the press. So I, I didn't get to put this in there, but it's this idea of if you don't know where you want to go, likely you're going to get there, <laughs> right? And, and I say it to my daughter all the time, right? It, like kids of well, they were doing it, and if if you're not going to be the driver of your own life, who have you outsourced that to? Mm. Like even in Uber, you're putting a destination. You don't just hop in a random car and be like, let's yeah, go somewhere, you know, wherever you want to go today. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you live your life. Why would you live, let your mind live like that? Yeah. And so people say they don't have time. Uh, no, I'm too busy. I don't have time to think about this. Like, what, what do you have time for? If not this, you, you don't have time not to do this. And it's the proactivity, right? So one of the early, early exercises, I actually just today with my team was working them through this, um, is this concept of zero-based calendaring. Mm. So with financial budgeting, with private equity funds and, and others, instead of taking your budget and saying, well, last year we spent this, and so next year because of inflation, it's you know 3% more, or current inflation, it's 35% more, whatever the inflation there yeah. is. Um, instead, what they do is they say, each new period, you... Blank slate. You have to build from the bottom up of to accomplish what we want. Here's what we need. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. It's where we're going to go from here. And I do the same with my calendar because your calendar, where your time is, should be where your mind is. And that's your life. What what is your life if not a accumulation of your days and weeks? And so how much of my life do I want to spend sleeping? Do I want to spend with my family? Do I want to spend working? Do I want to spend eating and exercising or with friends, right? And if you add it all up and it's more than 168 hours a week, okay, I I need to go cut. I I need to figure out what are my true priorities? What can I do? What has to give and take? That's one step of, okay, here's here's the life I want. But then you have to actually hold yourself to account. So every Friday, I have 45 minutes on my calendar that's blocked where I review the next week. And I use different Calendly's to say, okay, I said... This is how much time I want with my internal team. Great. It's blocked and that goes to the team and they get a book with that. Okay. Here's how much time for external prospective customers or existing customers. And they get different links and there's different allocations of time. There's the 90 minute with my daughter where computers off, phones turned off. Nobody can get a hold of me. I'm there with her. Right. So it's, it's very, very present. And so just being really true to that. But you can't be true to it if you know what it is. If you don't know what you want it to be, why would you think someone else is going to design design the best life for you? Yeah. No one cares. That's right. <laughs> like, and even if they say they do, 
we're all hardwired to operate in our own best interest. Even those of us who have been like certified martyrs, right? I mean, like yeah. if I'm helping you, it's ultimately because I feel good helping you. You know, I mean, like it always comes back to that. Well, and they're helping you based on their understanding of you. Right. And if you don't understand what you want, how can they probably possibly have the right understanding of what you need and want? Yeah. Now, only you can do that work. And it takes less time than you think. It, it, it's going to take you way more time not to do it. It's going to take you way more mind not to do it than to just say, okay, I'm getting less done on these other things today. This is my priority right now. I'm going to do this. You know, and as you talk about that too, I think about um, how much we allow other people to get under our skin, um, how much we, um, you know, we think and we fester over things about people who probably aren't thinking about you. And, you know, that was another, because most of us care about other people or what they think, or like if we got wronged or whatever. Um, and, you know, that's certainly something I'll always be working on as we all will. But it recently I had someone who, um, you know, I, I never, I never shy away from saying like, most of the time I'm velvet machete. Sometimes I'm too velvet. Sometimes I'm all machete. You don't want that side <laughs> of Amber. And if you've gotten that side of Amber, you have done something wrong. Um, but I, there was a, uh, you know, I just kind of pulled away from some relationships because they weren't good. And that was not a good people environment for me. Yeah. Um, it, it, and, and like whatever for them, like whatever, how they want to live, that's fine for them. But for where I was in life, it's not what I needed. So no judgment. Um, right. and so, uh, it was recently brought up. Well, we didn't want to approach that because of the animosity Amber has. And I was like, huh. I literally haven't thought about them at all. Right. <laughs> it's interesting how they were thinking that I had these thoughts in my brain about them that like were completely non-existent because I'm not letting that I'm not renting my head yeah. to them. Absolutely not. Um, and this happens when you leave a job or you break up or, you know, you and a friend don't have, you know, you, you fester on that. And that's why they, they've probably haven't even thought about you. Right you get a text message, you get an email, right? And like, as, as humans, we're what 90 plus percent nonverbal communicators, yeah. right? So it's, it's all about the, the view, it's about the tone, it's about all this. And then on the verbal part, a, a lot of it's not the words, it's how the words are said. Mm. And yet so much of our communication is now in short text <laughs> where you lose like in code, the tone, almost. much less the front, right? And how much room is there for misinterpretation and then for manifesting constantly just revisiting well what do they mean by that right well maybe pick up the phone and ask them right like, clarify I, here's the story i'm telling myself based on what i'm reading and they, they may say yeah that's right or oh my god no that's not at all what i'm sorry let me clarify it was this totally other thing but you can typically rectify and clarify in a much shorter direct communication than trying to extrapolate of guessing what is in other people's minds. I mean, it's the, the, this advice I got when I was in high school of was out of a book, Infinite Jest, you would care less about what other people think about you. If you realized how little they actually do. So good. Because they're so busy thinking of themselves. They're like these people were so worried. Oh, the animosity of him. You're like, 
Amber moved on with her life. Like yeah. Amber owns her mind. Amber She's, has like, been all over gone. the country and is, yeah. is traveling and setting up a house. I'm taking yeah. care of 10 and a half acres. I've got a dog. I have two adult kids, like four siblings, five siblings. Um, my parents, I mean, like, where do you think you fit into all of this? It's just so no. crazy, but I love, I love what you said. I think it's something very tactical that our listeners can, can take. And that is the story I'm telling myself is what is the truth. Can you expand on that just a little bit of like what we're doing in that? Yeah. I, I actually, by my roommate from college was out visiting this past weekend. Um, and we were talking about how humans crave narrative, mm. right? Even, even when there's not a story there, we create the story. We really need the story behind whatever's happening. And in the absence of information, we'll just start filling in blanks yep. and create yep. these crazy, crazy stories. And so instead of saying, hey, you're doing this, you meant this. I say, well, the story I'm telling myself about what happened is this, because you actually don't know any of those things. Like, let's pull back what's true. What's true is I am now telling myself this story. Is that actually reality? And chances are you're missing 80% of the information. You're missing all the context that they had that they forgot to convey to you or assumed you had, and you can get that clarified. But if you start from an accusatory place of you did this, you tried to make me feel like this, you're probably not going to get as good of an engagement from the person. They they immediately go on the defensive because you've gone on the offensive and it doesn't have to be offensive. I'm, I'm creating some stories in my head right now. Can we talk about them? And that goes back to that same principle of curiosity. It's like, oh, I made up this story might be true, might not be true. I'm curious what the truth is. Let me go to the source. (laughs) But we, we, as you know, most people in a, this is when, you know, when I'm working with people on personal branding or leadership in an organization to have a healthy employer brand, um, one thing that if people are not wired and, you know, I I do um, assessments and psychoanalytics, some people are are wired to avoid conflict. And then you have people like me uh, who see it as creative conflict. Like I'm going to confront Mm -hmm. this so that we have the truth out there. We're all on the same page. We can keep moving forward. It doesn't bother me, but a lot of people do. So do you have for the people who are not, you know, super, you know, blunt, aggressive, straightforward, whatever, um, what are your best suggestions for somebody who is feeling internal conflict, but they're afraid to simply ask, you know, beyond like the, I'm telling myself this story, like, let's just say they're in a work environment and they're uncomfortable with what's going on, but they're afraid to bring it up. Like, what would you say to them to get their, that headspace right? Yeah. I mean, one of the, the words used earlier that I think is relevant here is friction, mm. right? And, and if we're shying away from that friction, St. Augustine had this quote of, Friction polishes the stone, mm. right? Like you, you get a rough diamond. It, it's not shiny and polished marks. It is the friction that actually gets you to that beautiful and state. And so you think it's uncomfortable now, but would you rather deal with the five or 10 minutes of discomfort or the next month or next two years, because you didn't actually address it. So play it forward. What, again, what do you want? Oh, I want to be comfortable. Okay. Do I want the pebble in my shoe for the next two miles or do I want to stop now, get uncomfortable, take the shoe off, get the pebble out and then go about my walk. Yeah. Really 
think about what you want. Don't just default to what's happening. Don't just default to where your subconscious took you, but notice what's happening and then ask yourself, what do I want? What life do I want? Where do I want to end up? And then start backing out. How do I get there? Yeah, so good. And I should add too, like, I'm not patting myself on the back because Lord knows sometimes I can be too blunt. I could be too straightforward. I can make people uncomfortable because I forget that I'm fine with conflict and not everybody is, and I can overstep there as well. So I, I don't want to make it sound like everybody should just, you know, go for the jugular every time. Everybody's got to have learned behaviors for us all to coexist together. Um, so as, as we wrap up, um, and I'm so excited to get this book. I hope that I, I got two deliveries today. I'm hoping that's one of them. Um, what, what would you say is like that parting piece of advice or that overarching advice now that you've written a book, which y'all is a Herculean effort. I mean, geez, Louise, um, now that you've talked about it a lot in media and podcasts and that sort of thing, now that you've shared it with friends, what is really bubbling up for you as like, if you could just do this one thing? Yeah. It, it would be to pick one thing. So mm. there, there are 13 things in the book, right? Exercises of, hey, there's this concept and here's how to work to address this one issue. And not all of them are going to be as media, immediately resonant to you as others. And if you look at all 13, it's, like, oh, it's impossible, right? I'm not going to do anything. Having too much excuse to have nothing. right? And so it matters far less what the one thing is than that you actually pick one thing and start doing it because mm. back to getting those early wins getting that confidence of wait i can do hard things and when i do hard things i get stronger my life is better just start somewhere the there's a book tim ferris did the four hour body yeah which is this 900 page tome right like it's so intimidating it's so intense but it's but it's broken into these 25 to 30 page modules. And it's how to lose 30 pounds of fat in 30 days without exercising, how to put on 30 pounds of muscle in 30 days with four hours in the gym. They're very discrete chunks. So you can dip in and out of like, oh, here's actually the thing I can, how to prevent back pain. Okay, let me go read those 25 pages and those exercises. That's the thing I'm going to do. And that's really very much how I try to build this of, oh, you know, is it, I have an issue of running my mind to other people. Is that I have an issue running my mind to events and circumstances outside of my control, what the Dow Jones is doing, what the real estate market might do, or you know, the biggest, and this is most people's problem, am I running my mind out to different versions of myself? Is it, is it Gertrude? Is it the life I wish I had? Is it what I should have done in the past? And so those are the three big sections and then each have subcategories within with, okay, here's why your brain works like this. Here's how you can overcome it. Here's some illustrations from Dr. Bernice King, Martin Luther King, sorry, from the founder of DocuSign, from the head of recruitment and training of the Navy SEALs, people from artists, founders, and people, all different aspects of life who take these things and put them into practice to just accomplish incredible things. So you see what it looks like. And then it says, okay, now how do you do it? Here's the exercise. So just take one, yeah. right? Like don't sit down and just speed through the book. Like just start with one. Yeah. So good. I actually got like goosebumps when you started talking about running your mind out to different parts of you. And as you know, I've gone through tremendous change in the past year and, um, and I continuously was running my mind out to the past 
where I was just trying to make sense of things that I'm never going to make sense of. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and so I was, you know, now I just feel like a whole different person. Um, but what a powerful concept of Gertrude and, and the past and these different versions of you too, that you can, you know, you can poison the, your own well with your own thinking from your own self. And, and that's, that's crazy. So I really appreciate that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to file that away. <laughs> um, so I know, okay. So you have the book, um, get out of my head, creating modern clarity with stoic wisdom. You get on your website, you get it on Amazon. Um, where do, where does everybody, um, I know I've downloaded your workbook. It's awesome. Um, where do people get that free workbook? Yeah, that's on the site. So my website, mandrewmcconnell.com. And then it has links to all the, it has, if you're not sure you want the full book, you have, you can get the first chapter and introduction, everything, the preview entirely for free. You can download it right on the site, um, the workbooks there. So all, all those kinds of tools and resources available there. Yeah. I love that you, that you did, you know, put more actionable stuff because sometimes you read a book and you might be reading it on a plane and then you're like, oh, I need to implement that. And you never go back, especially with digital reading and stuff. So something people download and work on is awesome. Um, so we will definitely put all of the links in the show notes. Um, and then also I'm, I'm really hammering on my bombshells to connect with people on LinkedIn, follow Andrew if you like what he's talked about on the show today, guess what? There's more of that. I, I get his stuff in my feed all the time. There's more of that on LinkedIn. So if this is important to you, make that connection, um, you know, in, in Twitter as well and Instagram, um, connect so that your feed is full of this and not of the other stuff that is renting your brain potentially. Um, Andrew, thank you for take two. And also for sharing your wisdom and your experience and your insights um, with our audience. I really, really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. The, the one thing I, I will add is if you're listening to the podcast, Chancellor, you like listening. And so the audio book is also available. Fantastic. Uh, it, so if for those that prefer to get their books that way. Yeah, I, I am a power walker who does love to listen to books while I'm walking. So um, when it's not gangster rap, it's usually some personal development book. You know, they're, they're, they're the same thing. <laughs> yeah, same so um, bombshells, please take this to heart. You know, um, my my entire mission statement for my company is empowerment and business mastery, because I don't believe that we can really master the things that we are capable of unless we have um, a sense of empowerment to be able to do it. And this book is going to help you empower yourself and to take charge of your life and your thoughts and your experience. So um, if you haven't given us a rating and review, please do that so that um, we trick all of the algorithms to uh, show this to more people who need it and to hear from amazing guests like Andrew. And if you're watching on YouTube, give it a like. Let me know. Email me, amber at amberhurdle.com. You guys know I respond. Um, let me know what really stuck out for you. And I'll share that with Andrew if I, if I get that feedback. And um, I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out thebombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.